Hello and welcome to Tarot Bites. I'm Teresa Reed, the Tarot Lady. I'm the author of the Tarot Coloring Book and your host for this podcast series. This is episode 93 of Tarot Bites, the podcast where I dish out short, entertaining, bite-sized lessons on how to read tarot. For today's episode, our topic is how to give empowering tarot readings. And I have a special guest. I have my guest, Maria Strom, the creator of the Hip Chick Tarot Deck. Welcome, Maria. Hi. I'm so happy to be here. I am so happy to have you here today, and I just love your deck. It's so cool. Thank you. Thank you. You know what I really love about it? It's so different from all the other decks that are out there. The images are very modern, which I am totally into. And there really is a message of empowerment that really comes through in these images. So, you know, that got me thinking, and this is why I wanted to talk to you. I really want to talk about the empowerment aspect of tarot. Um, so let's begin talking about that. How can tarot empower people, in your opinion? Well, I think, um, well, for me, in relation to my deck, it's really about, you know, for women seeing themselves in these images. And that's, that's why I created it. So um, I remember, you know, when I would look at traditional Rider White Smith images, and there's like this, you know, balance is really on the male side. There's way more males in the deck than females. You know, I would kind of try to to, to um, read for clients and be like, well, you know, look at the energy behind the card, you know, not mm-hmm. necessarily the um, image. And so um, I just wanted to make a deck that really showed in the visual sense, you know, the energy behind the the card that women can really tune into and use in their lives. Right on. I think also, too, when people get a tarot reading, oftentimes what readers do with these images is we look at what's going on and how they interact and what's going on in the client's world, and we try to find a way to get them back in charge. Don't you agree that that's pretty much a lot of what this is about? Absolutely. I mean, a good reading will really tell a story that brings out things um, that the client maybe hadn't been aware of or didn't know, but that allows them to take charge of it and to have more consciousness about what's going on in their lives. Right on. And I think a lot of people, you know, assume that life just happens to them. You know, like there's a lot of people who have a very fatalistic attitude about life. And I think sometimes, well, at least, you know, even to this day, but even to this day and age, but in the past, you know, a lot of times tarot was just viewed as this is divination, this is your fortune, this is what's coming. And it's really changed over the years. I think there's a lot of us who look at tarot as a way to look at what's ahead, but it's not something that we say, well, here's what's happening, you're screwed. It's more like, here's what's happening and here's how to work with it, Right. Right. And like um, a lot of times, uh, you know, when I, my favorite readings that I've gotten for myself weren't about even asking a question. Mm-hmm. They were just like, tell me what's going on with me and stuff that I would really relate to, like on a deep level, you know, psychologically mm-hmm. and emotionally that I hadn't even thought about maybe, mm-hmm. you know. So, I mean, a lot of ways that can really bring up. And I think that one of the really empowering things is it just affirms where people are at. Yes. You know, you know, they already, a part of them already knows the answer. They mm-hmm. already know what's going on. But it really is validating and affirming, and it makes them believe in themselves. You know, it, 
uh, and trust themselves. And they take that in. I, I have taken that from the good mm-hmm. TR reading into my daily life. To I, trust yeah. myself in other situations and when other things come up. It's like we almost like pull the information out that, like you said, that they already know and show it back to them so they can really judge where they are and how tuned in they actually are. Yeah. Yeah, it's like this three-way conversation. I see it when I'm reading between the cards, the client, and me. And we're all playing this part. And we're equals in the process, you know. It's not like it's some, I'm telling you (laughs) what it's about, you know. It's you, your energy, how you're relating to what I'm saying. What, you know, what the back and forth between us and the cards. So, I love that description. Yeah. That that really does sound what an empowering reading looks and feels like to me. Yeah. Yeah, because that's what I really want for people, you know? I mean, that's what the tarot has done for me. Mm-hmm. And I want that that to happen when other people get a reading, you know? Right. We want people to walk in saying, okay, this. what do I need to know here? We want them walking out knowing what they need to know so that yeah. they can make good choices. Yeah. So what is your advice then about giving an empowering tarot reading? What should readers keep in mind? Well, I think that the first thing to keep in mind is that um, to to really facilitate this kind of three-way dialogue. So sometimes um, I know that when, uh, when I just get a client or even like a friend comes over, right, and sometimes you have that coffee before, and they tell you all about their life and stuff beforehand. Have you ever had that happen? Oh, yeah. What's going on? I kind of try to, for me, what works best for me is to just kind of save it and go right into the reading and do the coffee later. Yep. <laughs> and just let it come up. Let stuff come up in the cards. And include. I like to include the client in the reading. You know, So if they want to tell me that if I start telling them that this, this is what I'm seeing and they go into their story about it, that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, we can, I let them have that vehicle and that voice in the reading. Some people like to stay uh, more quiet mm-hmm. and then talk to me afterwards. So I really let them lead that. Whatever they want to do with that is fine with me. So I think that, um, you know, tuning into to where they're at, their comfort level um, with participation is really important. I agree, and I do with some people, too. You know, they, they want to get talking. They want to be super involved in every aspect. And sometimes you get people that they just don't want to do that. They want to be more silent and open to the experience. We're not talking about right. people who are, like, coming in and they're silent and they're playing games. <laughs> That's a different animal. Well, there are people that, you know, really are skeptical of a tarot, and mm-hmm. you can tell that their energy is kind of closed off. And they're they're not really open to it. Have right. you ever had a person like that? Sometimes that happens. And, oh yeah. Um, and so you know that reading is not going to give be giving them really the information that they really need if they're closed off to getting the information. There's not a lot mm-hmm. that I can do with that. I mean, I intuitively feel it. I'm sure you do too when that happens. Yep. And um, you know that will happen sometimes. I had it happen because I had this new deck out and a friend wanted a reading, a a friend's husband wanted a reading. Mm -hmm. And he just, you know, I could tell right away he wasn't really into it. He wasn't happy with what I had to say. 
Right. And, um, yeah, you know, and that's okay, you know, but I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't read for him again unless he came with a really different attitude. Attitude's really important. You know, it, it's it, like you said, it, it's a three-way street. And if someone's coming in and they're really not willing to be open to the experience, I also have to wonder what's the point? How is this going to help you? Yeah, I mean, that's what the whole thing is about, right? Being yeah. open, opening yourself up to more than just what what you see and touch and feel and taste, right? It's a little, it's another dimension. Yeah. And when, and so you really have, really, but most people, almost everybody that I've given a reading to is open. I mean, because that's why they're there, right? I mean, yeah. that's, that's usually the way it goes. Have you ever had anyone come to you, and I've had this experience a few times, where they sit down and they're like, well, I don't want to say too much, because it's almost like in a way they really don't want, they want you to prove that you know how to read yeah, or something. exactly. They want to um, to prove. To some, now, usually what happens is there's something that, you, I mean, I look at it as reading the story emerges, you know, mm-hmm. that I'm telling. And... Um, Usually people will connect with that story and say something, but if they don't, I mean, um, if they don't want to, to do that, if they're in that kind of um, testing mode, sometimes they go, well, yeah, at the end, they go, yeah, actually that did, you know, I could relate to that part of it. And then sometimes they open up and it almost becomes like a counseling session, mm-hmm. you know, about that aspect that they're tuning into. Mm-hmm. Right on. But a lot of it, you know, is, you know, so there's these, these, um, right, there's the physical, practical things that are happening in our lives. And, you know, a lot of people want to know that, but a lot of people want to know about their spiritual journey, you know, the bigger, at how are they opening up? What is, how are they changing and evolving as, as a person, as a soul? And um, those, those are really interesting to me, those readings where, people are really making breakthroughs in their spiritual lives. Mm-hmm. And those people usually are very open to um, hearing what the cards want to say and want to affirm to them. Because anybody that's on the spiritual path mm-hmm. that has come to me for a reading, the cards are very generous with them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Right. They're very affirming with them about that. So let's talk about some of the questions that can lead to an empowering reading, because I think oftentimes a good empowering reading begins with a good question. So what would you think would be some good questions or how to formulate a good question? And which type of questions do you think people should avoid if they want to get a really empowering reading? So you mean like the client asking the question? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the favorite, my favorite question is just what's going on with me? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. because that leaves it really open, you know, and right. there's this, you know, and I like to think of when I get a reading, I mean, the way that I see it is that I'm kind of partnering with the universe to get a reading, right? Mm-hmm. Coming through, I don't really, we don't really know how to explain it, um, or at least I don't. And so the universe is a lot bigger than me. So I, if I go in and just say, you know, I want to know about this little aspect of my life. Mm-hmm. I'm not really seeing, I don't really, not really seeing the whole picture, perhaps. I don't have it opened up. And a lot of times we obsess about one aspect, you know. Right, so instead true. Of see, 
instead of seeing a bigger picture. So the bigger questions are really good for me. Now I know that um, I had, like I had this client come through, just wanted kind of the, she wanted just the bigger thing, right? Mm -hmm. And all of it came through and it was relating to her divorce. And in this divorce, she had really grown as a human being. I mean, she had become, she really learned how, what to value, how to treat her, you know, ex, soon to be ex, all these, all these difficult things had really opened her up to grow spiritually. So the reading was about this bigger spiritual aspect of her through the lens of her mm-hmm. divorce. But, um, so that is usually the bigger question. Now, sometimes it'll come up about a relationship and that will be very revealing because, you know, the stuff going on in our lives is very important. You know, we can't really separate it out completely from the bigger spiritual picture, but it's all influencing each other and working together. But the questions that I really don't like mm-hmm. <laughs> are like, okay, so this, this friend of mine's husband asked me the question, should I get this? Is it the right time for me to buy a new car? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think that that kind of question is usually done in research you know, look at your finances, you know, look at how much cars right. cost, how stable is your job right now? That doesn't seem to me like a really, um, that specific yes or no right now time thing about a car is probably not the best ven- venue for Tarot. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think questions but, like, will I or should I? Um, yeah. Really take the power out of the hands of the client. And it's almost right. like they're putting the power and responsibility in the hands of the reader. Exactly. Like, I don't know, honestly, if you should buy a new car now. Mm-hmm. You know, the cards are kind of telling me, they're sort of leaning to no. But you know what you want to do. Yeah. And then if I'm not telling you the thing that you really want mm-hmm. to do, which wasn't, he wanted to buy the car. Mm-hmm. And then he was upset that the cards didn't, didn't agree with him. And so that energy was put onto me as a reader. Yeah. So, so yeah, that kind of really narrow focus, um, usually you're right, isn't empowering for the person. Whatever answer they get isn't really going to be satisfying. Right. Because um, the yes or no doesn't really give them any personal choice there. It's just kind of me telling you what to do. Yes. You know, it's really funny. You're speaking about a car. I had a, I had a client who also was asking not that long ago about getting a new car, and the cards were like, look, it's time for you to like retire that car and start looking at something new. Go explore new cars, blah, blah, blah. Well, the next time I heard from them, they said, I didn't listen and my car died. And we kind of had a good laugh about it. It's like, why do you ask for the advice then? And then you're not going to do something proactive and constructive with it. Right, right. And usually in that reading that is, is, has more room in it, Mm -hmm. I find the client finds what in that reading that they really want to think about or what they really want to move forward on. It's usually they see that, you know? Yeah. Because there's more, there's more than maybe there's more than one sort of way to go. Or I suggest, you know, I think you should, you know, it looks like you should think about this or this is informing it. 
And that really lets them be the emotionally intelligent person. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I like to do when people ask a should I question is I do a spread called the options. And I said, here's what we're going to do. Mm -hmm. We're going to look at both options. Here's what you do if you do it. Here's what you need to know if you don't do it. That way you can make a good decision. I find that as a reader, you know, it's always about making sure that they're, again, in the driver's seat. Exactly. Now, usually what I do for most clients is a Celtic cross. Right. But in that case, I will do, I'll put three cards. We might do the Celtic cross and get back to the car or whatever. Like I had somebody that asked me about taking this new job. So I laid three out on one side about this job and three out on the other job. Mm-hmm. And we discussed it that way. But it wasn't just a yes or no. It's like, here's the positives, here's the negatives on each side. And, you know, obviously one was weighing a little bit heavier towards mm-hmm. being positive. And so that still lets them see that. I'm not saying yes. You know, it's not like the fortune teller where you put a quarter in and they give you a little slip of paper that right. says no. Yeah. So definitely, definitely give yourself the reader should have a little bit of room. The card should have a little bit of room or space. And so should the client. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So speaking of fortune tellers, what do you say to people who only want to get their fortune told and they don't want advice on how to improve their lives or how to get to the best possible place? Well, first of all, I, I tell them that, you know, that's, I'm not, that's not really the way that I, I work with the cards. You know, it's, it's not fortune telling. It's more like we have this session where the cards are speaking to you about what's going on with you and your life, but they don't tell you, you know, who you're going to, a tall, dark man is going to come in and, mm-hmm. and that's going to be your lover, you know, um, because that is really, that is really disempowering. Right. You know, that way, I find that way of reading because, you know, oh, really? So you need to be out looking for a tall, dark man instead of using your own intuition about, you know, who resonates with you, you know? Mm-hmm. Right on. Totally agree. Yeah, and, and, and no one, when I've gotten a reading that's done that way, there's never been a tall, dark man walking into my life. I mean, so, I ended up, actually, I ended up marrying a tall, dark man. But, but it wasn't because of a tarot reading. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I had a reading from someone years ago who um, said that you're going to connect with this man. Uh, he's got blue eyes. I'm not sure if the hair is blonde or black. So forget about the hair. Just know he's very honest. Don't don't goof this up. I think you already know this. I'm thinking, what the hell does that mean? Well, the funny thing with that is I ended up running into somebody that I liked for quite a number of years. But we were never able to connect because they always had a partner. And so anyhow, we connected, and he has blue eyes, and his hair is naturally ah. blonde, but he dyed it black. Huh. We're still together. Wow, cool. <laughs> yeah, so once cool. in a while, you know, sometimes people are able to really nail it like that. But I think if we only come to readings looking for that aspect of a reading, um, I do think we do miss out on some of the other things that tarot can do for us, which is, again, validating how we're feeling, um, looking at ways around obstacles. You know, again, I never feel the future is cut in stone. I think that there are lots of ways to look at it. And sometimes tarot, if it points out that somebody is going to be in your orbit, and I'm always very mindful when I use those words because 
Anytime you tell someone a tall, dark stranger, oftentimes then they shut out all of the possibilities. That's right. So we want to always be mindful as readers to say, there's energy here around this. Pay attention. Right, right. So, but usually when people are reading that given you know, that kind of way, um, they it's usually with the Rider Waite Smith, and the, a card will come up with a you know with one of the knights or the pages, you know, and they'll describe a man that way. That's how mm-hmm. I've had it done to me. And you know what? That deck is really limited racially. It's oh, really yeah. limited. Everybody's white. You know, it's like. So that I'm thinking that that doesn't always give you a full um, give you all the options there, you know. So yeah, that's another thing. Well, speaking of decks, you know, decks are getting a lot more diverse. There yes. has been a change, and I want to talk about your deck. You know, um, the hip check, uh, the hip chick tarot, you know, uh, really has a lot more diversity than what you see in like a Rider Waite Smith deck. Um, and what you mentioned about the Hip Chick Tarot is that it empowers women to grow spiritually, be creative, feel freely, and think clearly. Can you tell me more about that and more about your deck? Okay, well, the, it is a feminist deck. I mean, all the characters in the deck are women. And I did this because um, when I was in my practice, um, I was reading for mostly women, and I... Um, I ran a class in San Francisco, mm-hmm. just a meetup. And most of the people were women. Um, a lot of them really couldn't relate at all to like the emperor or the hierophant. Um, they kind of just, I could see them kind of recoiling from those images. Mm-hmm. And so that really got me thinking. Also, just the people around my table were not reflected racially in, in the cards. And I'm mixed race also, so I wanted to um, be really inclusive just out of my own experience. So there was that aspect. Um, But also, you know, I chose to have the people really look like people in our everyday lives that we see. So they're not dressed in in medieval attire. And they have different body shapes, you know. Um, Not everybody is is in a perfect, you know, bloom of, of their youth. And uh, they have different ages, they're different sizes, different colors. Um, so I have a woman um, who is in a wheelchair in one of the cards. Um, I have a woman with a cane. Right. I love that, um, by the way. It's so inclusive. Yeah, because this is, and, and, you know, people talk about it being inclusive, but really it's just reality. Yeah. Yeah. This is what people look like. Um, yep. And so there was that that aspect that that I really wanted to work on, but there's also a couple of other issues that are really important to me that I wanted to kind of filter through the stack. And one of them is economic justice. Mm-hmm. So I don't really one of the cards that like the nine of earth, you know, that image is of this really, you know, woman very wealthy in this garden with a falcon. And it, the meaning of it, I never really saw it as, as about wealth, more about creating a good life for yourself, which to me didn't really mean material. Mm-hmm. But the image is very um, about luxury and materialism that a lot of people, a lot of us don't have. Right. So, you know, I have just a, a woman um, plainly dressed, you know, an older woman there with 
a graduation cap on her head. And the idea behind that is that, you know, this woman has accomplished something by creating an authentic life for herself. And it has nothing to do with, with money. You know, she could be living in a trailer park and be have an emotionally rich inner life that's better or not better, but as, as rich as anyone, anyone else, you know, this richer than someone perhaps in a castle, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. It's about, it's about that authentic experience um, that I really want reflected there. So people aren't, um, you know, there's not this wealth uh, thing promoted, this kind of materialism promoted. And I love that. I just think that is also very, again, very empowering. Instead of thinking yeah. just about all these wealth and all that, there is wealth in so many different ways. And, and right. I think that's a message that people need to hear. That's so beautiful. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, the other thing that really informed this deck was um, my Buddhist practice mm-hmm. that I've had for years. And so the, the cards are very simple and easy to read. Um, and a lot of people think they're a little bit, there's a little bit playful, childlike quality. I think it's because of the bright colors that I really love. But one of the things that I really wanted to get through in the messages of the cards, a lot of what's in the booklet, is just about being able to um, to use emotional intelligence by balancing your emotions. Mm-hmm. And I really learned that that's one of the things that has really stuck with me in, in studying Buddhism is just that it's not about pushing the emotion away or, you know, clutching onto it, you know, becoming infused with it. But really, you know, I think what happens a lot in, in our, our lives is that emotions can really cloud our objectivity, can really become difficult for us to handle. And that happens when we can become infused with the emotion, mm-hmm. you know. And so it's I, I'm, by like really not labeling the emotion good or bad, but by just letting it kind of be there and go, okay, claiming it, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, what has really worked is when I have an emotion that I don't particularly, you know, want to have, instead of like pushing it away and saying it's bad, I just go, okay, you know, jealousy, I Mm -hmm. see you, I acknowledge you, you're there, you know, that's okay. And I almost make the emotion comfortable, you know, Mm -hmm. and as soon as I do that, the, the effect lessens, I start to see its grip on me go. And I let it kind of, and it just kind of fades from that point. But if I stay and I say no to that emotion, it stays there with me, you know, mm-hmm. because it wants to be acknowledged. It wants mm-hmm. you to say, hey, you know, I see you. I, I acknowledge that. Right on. But, so those are the, that's kind of, I want it to be really emotionally empowering. I want it to be economically mm-hmm. empowering, um, empowering to, to different body types, different seeing different races, um, seeing yourself in the cards. So that was the idea behind it. Well, I think you succeeded wildly. It's a wonderful deck. And Maria, where can people find you? Oh, I'm at hipchicktarot.com. Excellent. And can they buy their de- the deck from you? Where can they buy the Hip Chick Tarot? You can get it on Amazon. I usually direct people there. 
It's published by Schiffer. They sell it to you on their site. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you for taking time to talk with me about empowering tarot readings and sharing your wisdom. And I also want to thank you for creating such a fantastic deck, Maria. Well, I want to thank you, Tarot Lady, (laughs) Teresa, for, you know, inviting me to do this and for all that you do for the tarot community. I really appreciate it. You really inform people and encourage people. So I appreciate that. Thank you. All right, people, that wraps up this episode of Tarot Bites, and I hope that you enjoyed our discussion today and that you go and check out the Hip Chick Tarot deck. I think you're going to love it as much as I do. And you can check out lots more tarot goodness on my website, thetarolady.com. I've got free introductory classes for tarot newbies, the tarot coloring book, and hundreds of blog posts, astrological forecasts, and so many other good things for you to scope out. Enjoy. I want to thank you again for listening. Have a beautiful day. And hey, if you enjoyed this little podcast, take a minute and leave a kind review on iTunes. That's going to help more tarot-curious people find their way here. And of course, I love to close out by saying, pay close attention to your intuition throughout your day and let it guide you into making brave, excellent choices. Remember that you are always in the driver's seat of your life. You are in charge of your decisions, your plans, the action steps that you take or don't take, you're the boss. And if you don't like where your life is headed right now, you can change that. Nothing is ever fixed in stone. The tarot cards tell a story, but you write the ending. <laughs>